You're listening to Blast Podcasting, episode 25. JRPG Games on the Switch. Hey guys, this is Anthony. This is Xander. Ah, shoot. You know what I'm not doing today? What are you not doing? Not playing The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't played it yet. I haven't played it yet. I've heard I've heard playing it. I've heard good things about it though. I've heard some pretty interesting things. I, I admit though, I'm not a huge Last of Us fan. Like I didn't think the first one was as good as uh as everyone says it is. Well wow, we're I mean, starting to, we're starting this show very confrontational. Uh, yeah. Well hey, 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 hey. Hey, that's that's what I that's what we kinda do here once in a while. It's okay. You know, I didn't like that game. Well, no, I liked it. It was solid, but it didn't. I, I just look. Naughty Dog's good storytellers, okay? Like Uncharted is the modern day Indiana Jones. I'll say that we don't get that in film. We get that. It's it is. It really is. Okay. Oh yeah. And and it captures that film really great because Naughty Dog captures that. But with The Last of Us, it felt like let's make a dark, depressing game, and it just felt forced to me. I know a lot of people are going to say, "Well, you know, going to get all pissy," but it's just. <laughs> I have played so many games, and it's, I know it's not fair comparing to, like, 80-hour RPGs, JRPGs, like we're going to talk about. Yeah. But I have played games with better stories, even shorter games than that. Yeah, my, my thing is, is this. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Last of Us is a good game. Uh, some people tell me, like, oh, my God, it's, like, the best storytelling I've ever seen in a video game. And I'm like, well, how many video games have you played with stories? Because I've played some really good story-driven games. And that that's my thing. I mean, it's not a bad game. A matter of fact, I've been thinking about revisiting it just to show my girlfriend because she likes she likes story driven games like that. I think she would really dig it. But uh, other than that, I mean, when it comes to The Last of Us Two, I'll probably just wait for it to go on sale and check it out. But I do want to finish the first one again before I play the second one because I haven't played Last of Us since 2012 on the PS3. So it's been a while. Yeah, I probably won't get get it. It's just. Like I said, I, I'll i give you an example. I'm playing AI, the Somnus Files. Mm-hmm. And while that game has some levity to it, I feel that game's much more darker and captures the darker themes better than Last of Us ever did. And yeah, yeah. it's a visual novel. You can't really compare it, but I feel like there's more complexity and depth to that game. Yeah. In terms of its story. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's a visual novel. I mean, its gameplay is limited to some quick time events for action sequences and things like that, but even at that, I feel like, you know, I'm playing Yakuza 0 now, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm playing this, and then I played the Final Fantasy VII remake, which we talked about last time. And I just am playing, and I have a ton of other games. Like, I even got Xenoblade Chronicles remastered for the Switch. I, I have tons of games that, in my opinion, probably have better stories than The Last of Us. Well, I, I'm playing a game right now that... Uh... I definitely wanted us to talk about uh, real quick because I feel like this game, like I, this is a game that's been under my radar for years, but I never owned a Vita. And I know the Vita has a definitive version of it. But this game is very nostalgic to me because it makes me think of like when I first met you and we were first talking, but I finally got into Persona 4 Golden on oh. Steam. God, I love that game. Yeah, that that game I I'm about 4 hours into it. I'm not that far. Uh it's it's finally starting to open up. I mean, if anyone hasn't played, you know, Persona games, they they are slow burns. But yep. the story, you know what it makes you think of it makes you think of like it almost makes you think of an anime version of the Goonies almost. Yeah, oh, you know what? In fact, I'd say I've played all of oh, I played th- I've played every single one. The the first two are kind of I don't even know. They're they're different from the other three. It's yeah. really three where it kind of got its vibe that we know now. They all are. They're all like that. Yeah, it's just like that. You know, like teenagers solving a, a crime mixed with some demons and a cult, and it's just kind of like, hey, let's become best friends, and this is going to help my 
my persona might like breed more demons. So it's almost got like a, a Pokemon effect to it as well. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's got so much to it that I I would highly recommend it. I mean, if you buy it on Steam right now, you can get it for like twenty bucks, and there are some promo codes floating around that you can get it for like fifteen. That's what I got, I got it for like fifteen bucks, and uh, I'm actually planning on playing it right after we're done with the show because I haven't had a chance to tackle it lately. But uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about too. Um, oh, real, is, quick, real quick, real quick. I have yeah. Persona Five Royal. Yeah, because I beat Persona Five. You need to get Royal. That yeah, more. yeah. I was planning on getting Royal. I mean, when they when they come out with like definitive editions like Persona Four Golden or Persona Five Royal, I always go with like those versions because I know. Like even when I posted about Persona Four on uh, Golden on social media, uh, one of my friends was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm fine with my PS2 copy." And I'm like, "Yeah, but the PS2 copy is like the vanilla version now. Like, I don't want to play a vanilla version." Can, you know, I've played both. I have played both. I play. I still own my copy of the PS2 version. Yeah, and I will tell you that there, the game. It's still complete on PS2, but the difficulty spikes are ridiculous in it, whereas Golden fixed that tremendously. That's good to know. Because there is one boss in particular that I fucking hated in the, in, in, in the original, and I was dreading when I got to it in uh, Persona 4 Golden, and it was challenging, but it wasn't as ridiculously hard as it was in the PS2 version. Yeah. If that makes sense. So Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. And I'm that weird guy, because I got vanilla, Persona 5, and Royal both sitting on my hard drive. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense, because, I mean, like, yeah, it's Persona 5. When it first came out, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to play this. And then, you know, we weren't expecting to get... Uh, a, a definitive version, but here we are with Persona Five Royal. And uh, what I like about it is, like, you know, Persona Four Golden was only exclusively on the Vita, and now many people can play it on other platforms, like on Steam, because uh, I mean, Steam is widely available. And I'll let you guys know if you don't have a powerful PC, it's okay. You can still play the game. The game's not. It's not that. Um, it's not that much power to run it on a PC. Right. Right. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. But, you know, speaking of power, uh, for those of you guys who are still listening after we started the show with The Last of Us rant, uh, let's talk about the, the PS5. That was just announced uh, last week uh, from our recording. And what did, what did you think about the PS5? What do you think about it, Anthony? It's got a pretty good lineup. Um I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions about it. Prices, this digital edition. How big is the hard drive? Is it going to be a big, important point in all of this? I agree. That's that's. I think that's the most important thing is the is the hard drive because look at how big the games. Okay, let's look at the beginning of this gen. Games are what twenty three gigs at the beginning of this gen, right? Yeah. Now you got what? Okay, go back to Last of Us. From what people have told me, it's a hundred gigs. Yeah, people told me. Remember Final Fantasy VII remake? That's a hundred gigs. Yep. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, another hundred gigs. That look at the size of these fucking games now. Yeah, one terabyte hard drive is going to be nothing for uh, this next gen. Now let's let's be honest. There's, uh, I'm sure there's going to be tons of those little tiny, uh, you know, one gig fucking indie games on there. Yeah. I mean that's kind of a given, but and but for someone who plays triple A's, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be a big issue. Uh, I'm I'm playing the waiting game. Um, I'm probably not going to get it until sometime next year. Uh, I got plenty of backlog to play, and uh, you know one of the things I did notice about the PS5 reveal, and this kind of segs away into our main topic. Of course, is um, they didn't show a whole lot of JRPGs <laughs> for the PS5 launch uh, stream, and I think I know why. And I think you can agree with me a little bit with this, Anthony. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to showcase a JRPG to a broad audience. 
depending on what it is. If it's Final Fantasy, yeah, you can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. If it's like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, I feel like it's a little easier. But some JRPGs, I feel like it's it's kind of hard to uh, throw out there because some of them are so outlandish, and you know, there's still people out there that are not big fans of JRPGs. So I think maybe Sony was just kind of like, oh, let's show some, you know, other eye candy. Well, well, well there was that Square Enix game. Yeah, and it, it is the luminous Japanese. Actually, it is. It is. Okay. Um, so, so maybe that one. Luminous actually was. Um, gosh, I can't remember the developer's name. It was his company. He's not with Square Enix anymore, though. Um, I cannot He's remember. The Final Fantasy Fifteen guy. Yeah, yeah, that was his company. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's good, right? Yeah, that's that's awesome. And then, look though. I think Japanese developers are still in a good spot, though, because we did get... I mean, look at Capcom, the comeback they've made in the last few years. Yeah. I mean, look at... What was it? Resident Evil 8. Oh, yeah, that looked fun. Yeah. I mean, and it, I mean, you play as Chris, and... I mean, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, like I said, though, it's all about the, uh, for now, it's all about the price and the waiting game and to see how well the consoles are doing when they first come out. I mean, you got the early adopters that are going to be kind of like the retail guinea pigs of the new console. If there's any problems, they're going to be the first ones to do it, and I I don't really want to be that first person. So uh, I got plenty of time to wait. Uh, I, yeah. still, I still got my Switch, my PS4. I'm happy. I never buy games at launch. Yeah. I never, not games, I never buy, I buy games at launch all the time, what the fuck am I talking about? Never buy consoles at launch. The only time I ever did was I got a pre-release, I got a Vita before launch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I got one of those pre-launch Vitas, remember those? Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah I got a pre-launch Vita, and then, um, which ironically I got because of Persona 4 Golden, that's the main reason I got it. Yeah. But I had good time, other good times on it. But anyway, um, I digress. The point I'm trying to make is, you know, I I don't buy consoles. I bought my PS4 a, a, about a year after launch. I got my Switch a, almost a year after launch. Yeah, isn't it crazy to think that we're like three, almost about about three years and some change into the Nintendo Switch? It doesn't feel like it's been out that long. It doesn't, but you know what? I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to go longer than the average five-year life cycle. Oh, yeah? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> I mean, because let's face it, we love video games, but it's a very expensive hobby. So, yes, <laughs> But, yeah, going going into the meat and potatoes of this episode, we decided, you know, at first we were going to have, like, kind of a retrospective of the Switch, like kind of like what we had last year. Uh, but I was like, you know, let's talk about some JRPGs because yeah. I think you can agree, Anthony, that JRPG uh, machine is the Nintendo Switch right now. I mean, other than the PS4, like the Switch is a JRPG machine. It's got so many great games from ports to remakes to uh, brand new shebangs. It's on the Switch. You know, you know, I it's hard for me to say that because the PS4 has its own variety of things. Yeah. But then again, the Switch does. So I would say, I'll say this about this gen in general. JRPGs are are fucking back and alive unlike they were last gen. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. So as for the Switch, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's some great shit. And and I think I think the reason why the Switch resonates with me so much and the reason why I'm like, it's the JRPG machine is because it's the JRPG machine for me. Wow, that was a lot to say. It's for me because I like the portability and being able to play it on the television as well. Because um, JRPGs are such an investment. Like even Persona yep. 4 right now that I'm playing... I have to make specific times to sit down and play that game because there's a lot going on in that game. You can't save any time. You have to find safe spaces and safe spots. And the Switch is great for that because mm-hmm. you can play it you know, on slow days at work. You can play it on road trips. You can pay, play it, hell, when you're sitting on the toilet. It doesn't matter. And then when you're not playing it there, you can go back and play it 
on your television and play it more of a traditional console experience. And that's one of the reasons why even when games are coming out for the PS4 and the Switch, I end up saying I'm going to get the Switch port because I know for sure I can play it a lot more, get more bang for my buck as opposed to the PS4. Exactly. I'm the same way. I bought, You know what's crazy is the Switch changed the way I buy third-party games. Yeah. For the most part. If they're like, fuck it, dude, I bought The Witcher 3. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane to think about. Yeah, and it's a good port. Like, The Witcher and 3 I mean, is on the Switch. That is insane. I know. Yeah, I know that's a Western RPG, but... Come on, man. It's 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 still the same principle, you know? Yeah. And you know what's really funny is, did you know the first game that was announced for the Switch was a JRPG? Do you know what game that was? Octopath Traveler. Nope. What? This is before it was the Nintendo Switch. Back when it was the codename Nintendo NX. This was at, I believe, the 2015 E3 when they announced Dragon Quest XI. They, oh. they said it was coming out for the Nintendo NX. That's right. That was the first like confirmed, uh, even though we didn't get it for until years later, that was actually the first confirmed title for the Nintendo Switch at that time. And it's the definitive port. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, yeah, we got it after the PS, a year afterwards, but it's the definitive port. And I have it completely downloaded sitting on my Switch. Like, I do tons of JRPGs, which is great. Yeah, I still need to, um, I still need to beat the demo to Dragon Quest Eleven, so I can go and play the actual game. Because the demo does carry on. All your experience mm. from the demo carries on to the actual game, so I, I need to do that. And, and the demo is pretty long, too. You're looking at 15 hours. The first 15 yeah. hours of the game is the demo. So, I mean, I really want to tackle that. But uh, there's, there's a lot of great JRPGs. I mean, you met, you, you mentioned uh, Octopath Traveler. I think that's um, an, an excellent um, exclusive for the Switch. Well, it's not exclusive anymore. Game. It's not exclusive anymore because you can. it's coming out if it's not already out on Steam. But that's a that's a man. Talk about a uh, walk down memory lane. Let's talk about Octopath Traveler for a second. Um, this is to me the big one of the biggest love letters to old school JRPG fans. Yeah, and I know you. Did you have issues with it or no? No. I know. I thought you traded it in or something. Yeah, I ended up. I ended up trading it in uh, just because I was getting more games, but it's. I didn't trade in because I didn't like it. I traded in just because I was like, all right, I'm going to move on. Um, but if someone was to say, hey, Xander, I want a good JRPG on the Switch, that would probably be one of the first ones I'd pick is Octopath I, I, Traveler. I got that one. I got. I rebought it, actually. I've been debating that myself, actually, of rebuying yeah. it. So you got Octopath Traveler. That's one of the big ones. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yep. And I haven't played it. You, you know, I, I have a love and hate relationship with Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, there are things that I really like about the series, and there are some things that I, I feel like are kind of cumbersome. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't gotten Xenoblade Chronicles 1, because I played it on the Wii. I never beat it. But I, I do hear the definitive version on the Switch added so many new qualities of life. Uh, added so many new aspects to it. They say that like it's so much better than it is on the Wii, which I, I'm pretty happy to hear about. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I would say get it on sale, but you know Nintendo games never go on sale, so yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a little while. It's going to be a little bit, but uh, that's that's fine because I got more games I'm playing right now. But um, also, also you had you know the the Final Fantasy games, Final Fantasy seven, VII, eight, nine on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, freaking amazing. Also, 10 and 12. So you can get 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. Not 11. Wouldn't that be crazy yeah. if Final Fantasy 11 was on the that Switch? That would be nuts. Oh, my God. And in a sense, you can get 15. Yeah. The, oh, yeah, the pocket version. And then Did they you have ever that. play that? No. Okay, because I, I, almost, I almost went and got it because... To me, it feels almost like a demake of Final Fantasy XV, like a PS1 version of Final Fantasy XV. It seems kind of interesting. I don't know how to feel about it. Because I, you know, I know the original gets knocked a lot, but I like the original a lot more than most people do. Okay, don't knock on knock. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had that under my radar. Um, and then of course you got oh freaking Ease Eight. Ease yeah, eight. I have Ease Eight. That's one I've got. That's that's really really good. And uh, what what are some uh, JRPGs that you really enjoy on the Switch? Oh, well, I've got I got fucking tons of them. Okay, let's talk about one. I is it a JRPG? It is a JRPG. It's Japanese, obviously, but it's it's a strategy role playing game. Do those count? Yeah, those count. Okay, one of my favorite games of last year was Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, I still need to play that. You got to. That game's fucking awesome. And you know what? I yeah. kind of looked ahead after I beat the first scenario, and they make each scenario different, that there's a different final boss. Yeah. Yeah, it's got tons of replay value. And now you have, like, an extra house now. I think there's, like, four houses now. Yeah, I have the DLC. I bought the DLC and everything. Wow. So, yeah, that game, I mean, I spent about 60, 70 hours on one game playthrough. One playthrough. That's so crazy. So think about it. What what you can do, there's actually four paths. One house has two paths. That's, that's insane. So there's that. And then, and then there's two more paths plus the other ones. And then there's so much replay value because if you choose female, it's different. If you choose male, it's different. It's just, it's crazy. Do you ever, do you ever feel like that the over, the oversaturation of like choices and, and stuff like that? Do you ever feel like that's too much in the game though? No, because there's all, if, if, I feel if there's more to do, and if it doesn't interest me, I won't do it as long as it's optional. Yeah. That makes sense? Because I always, like, deep down, I always want to be, like, a completionist, but I know it's uh, a pipeline dream. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have the time for it. But I always feel like there's, like, a part of me that kind of eats at me when I'm like, man, you know, I beat the game. I beat it my way. But I kind of wish there was other things I would have done, and sometimes I don't get a chance to go back to that game, and I kind of resent myself for it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, okay, so with the house I beat, that's a good point. I always play my Fire Emblem modes on Classic, where characters die. I don't play the, no, you know, I don't play the, oh, well, they'll survive. And plus, there's a a time rewind mechanic, too, that helps out with that this time. Yeah. But... I, one of my guys died right away, mm-hmm. and I forgot to use that time mechanic, so I kind of want to play because, you know, you, as you get to, one of the things about Fire Emblem is you could get to grow the relationships. He was having an interesting backstory, then he dies in battle. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's just even little things like that. Well, speaking of Fire Emblem, I'll uh, mention a game. That's uh, a collection that that I highly recommend. I did a review of it on my channel, and that's uh, Langrazer One and Two. I have uh, it. It's man, it is really, really good. I know some people kind of knocked the sprite work on it. Um, you can you can go back to more of a retro kind of look, but it just does the landscapes and the music. It doesn't change like the way the sprites, like your characters look. Your characters still look the same, but. I think it's a really fun strategy RPG, and yeah, I feel I like the story's really good. Yeah, it's very good, and I love the fact that uh, you know strategy RPGs are a lot of fun on the Switch because it's got like you know that pick up and play sort of yeah. aspect to it. I feel like those games really shine on that platform. Um, I, from what I hear, the if you're listening, guys, I'm. I'm I'm hearing the physical is a little harder to come by, but digital. I mean, you get two really, really fantastic games for Agreed. I think like I think like for like forty bucks. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Let's see what else we got. What? What? I haven't played it. I got so many games I haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got. I got the port of Star Ocean One. I still need to play that. But I want that port. I want a port of fucking Star Ocean Two. Yeah, I mean, even the Nintendo Online has some has some JRPGs. The Breath of Fire games. It's got one you and know, two. I was playing through Breath of Fire One. I I guess I kind of stopped, but it's really not too bad. It's pretty straightforward. It's not nothing too mind blowing, but it's fun enough. Do you think? Do you think that game has aged well over the years, or you think it's just kind of like eh? It's aged okay, like story-wise, it's kind of, you know? Yeah. 
but it's not bad. Um, you know, but I'm always the guy who says, you know, the last two real Breath of Fire games. Yeah. You know, three and four, we never talk about Dragon Quarter. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are the best ones. Especially three. I have a very fond spot for three. Yeah. But, and I never play two, but you can play two. Yeah, it's on the so Super Nintendo collection. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. also also the Switch has the definitive in my opinion, the definitive version of Fantasy Star, the original. I'm actually yep. about to talk about that. I'm making a video very soon talking about retro games to play on the Switch because everyone talks about how like the Switch doesn't have virtual console, but it does have a virtual console. It's called the eShop. <laughs> <laughs> there's, and there's a lot of great uh, retro games that are on the Switch that you can get, and one of it is from the Sega Ages collection. Which and is it's, awesome. Yeah. They're kicking ass with that. I love the Sega Ages, man. Like just about every Sega Ages game comes out, I end up buying it. But their version of Fantasy Star, in my opinion, is the is the most definitive way to play it because, uh, of course, it has an assist mode, uh, which you know gives you more experience, gives you more money uh, in case you just want to kind of blow through the game. But also the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I love about this version is it has a map. You can yes. actually see where the hell you're going. See, back in the day, folks, if you played the original Fantasy Star, unless you had a guide, you had to draw out the, the way the maps were. You had to draw out the dungeons. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about that game is it's is that game's archaic as fuck if you play it on the Master System. Yeah, it doesn't really tell you where to go. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even tell you, like, the first guy in your party member... In your in your team, the first party team member, like Odin, being a stone, being like, okay, well, what do I do about this? You know? And then, well, you're, you're always going to run into that card. Well, you're not really playing the game with the assist mode. Fuck off, dude. Yeah. That game's, some games haven't aged well, man. Just That's the thing. Some people need to admit that some of these fucking games haven't aged well, and you need quality of life shit. And see here here's the thing too. I agree and I also will I'll also throw this in there too. If you can make an old IP more inviting to a new audience, guess what? You're going to get more stuff from that IP in the future cuz companies are going to say holy shit, this is selling really well. I think we can make some more money if we make a new game. Boom, there you go. Exactly. And I'm happy to say that I own all four of the original Fantasy Stars on the Switch. That Genesis Collection had some JRPGs on there. Yep, it had uh, Fantasy Star 2 through 4. It also has the Shining Force games. Shining um, in the Darkness, people forget. Yep, and also, um, was it uh, Burning Oasis? Um, no, 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 uh, Beyond Oasis, which Beyond, I beat last yeah. summer for the first time. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a little... It's a little it's a little monotonous towards the end a little bit, but it's really a fun game. <laughs> and then you got Landstalker. Ah. <laughs> Isn't that the predecessor to Alundra? Yeah, I was just about to say if uh, I was about to say that about Alundra, which I still have never played an Alundra game. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, you got all those on that Genesis collection. Yeah. It's, it's insane when you really think about how many JRPGs mm -hmm. the Switch has. Fuck yeah. What else we got? Um, oh, Grandia Collection. Yep. I have those. I still haven't gotten that. I, I Now, how, how, is, how is the Grandia Collection on the Switch? Because I know some people have talked about um, kind of not really digging the, the, the remastered or how they did the sprite work. Um, they say it's a little too smudgy. Makes sense. It's fine. What do yeah. you expect? Yeah. It's it's a re what do you expect from putting those little sprites in HD? Yeah, it's true. And then plus you, you plus a a plus Grandia two doesn't use sprites. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, now I will say one uh JRPG port that I was not a fan of that is on the Switch, and that is uh the original Dragon Quest. Oh, I don't have that. Yeah, I you know here's the thing like it's it's not bad, um, but I don't really like I don't really like the way they they made it look and also it's a mo mobile port and mobile port I mean mobile games of course are in uh, portrait mode where yeah. this game is in landscape so it looks very stretched out 
like it looks really weird on the um, the screen. Now here that the Dragon Quest, uh, the other ports they did, like I believe a uh, three, I believe they did two and three. They said it looks a little better, but the original Dragon Quest, like it looks. Mm. The only thing I do like about it is you don't have to select a command to go down the stairs. I fucking cannot stand that now. Yeah, that's dumb. So Dragon Quest is one to avoid. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we have 11, though. I was about to say, uh, and you know, 11, you can go back to the 2D sprites as well on the Switch yep. version. Yep. Which yep, is that's really, a new really way. cool. And that's a new way for people who have played the original on PS4 to experience it. Yeah. Let's see. Nino Cooney, I have that. You know, it's funny. Nino Cooney is what made me buy a PS3. Really? Yep. I didn't, I did not. Uh, have any desire to get a PS3. Uh, this is back in 2012. I was just like, you know, I'm fine with my 360. Uh, I wasn't playing a whole lot of JRPGs back then either. I was playing a lot more, believe it or not, I was playing a lot more first-person shooters and like action games. Well, uh, you kind of were forced to in that gen. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, but then I heard about Level 5... Nino Cooney Studio Ghibli JRPG, and I'm like, oh my god! So, I ended up getting the slim uh, white PS3. I still have. It's, it was like a 500 gig hard drive. I'm like, fuck yeah, got that. And uh, Nino Cooney, those were the first. That was the first game I got for it. Good stuff, Nino Cooney. I still need to play Nino Cooney too. I haven't played it. I, I still need to play it. It was yeah. It was I, good. I've heard weird things about it. I the, the art style doesn't look as ghibli enough for me. Doesn't look as ghibli as the first one did. Yeah. I don't know how involved they were in the second one. Were they involved? I'm not sure. Huh. Cuz I know that was one of the biggest things about that original game. Was the involvement of Studio Ghibli. Hmm. But What can you do, right? Exactly. Oh, oh, and there's another game. The what? T- the Tales, Tales of Vesperia on the Switch. Oh, my, my, it now might be my second favorite Tales game. I really have fucking come to love Vesperia, but that's beside the point. Yeah, I uh, I played Ves- I played it on the 360. That I was, did as well. That, that was one of the JRPGs that were on the 360. Um I, I really did enjoy it. I need to get it on the Switch uh, because I hear it's a really, really good port. This is the P- – the uh, for us that have played it on the 360, you know what I'm talking about. This is – we had waited years for this version to come out. This is the legendary PS3 port that we never got in the U.S. Oh, really? Yeah, that include the extra character and Flynn actually joined your party and all that. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. And then, and then we also got uh, Trials of Mana on the Which Switch. I have. Uh, it's it's good. I finally beat it. Um, I kind of want to go back and change my party up because it's, it's another one of those games where you ch- you have eight different characters. You choose, you know, you choose your party. They have their own individual stories. And um, my I chose I chose the the red haired guy. Can't remember his name. And uh, Kevin, which is like the werewolf kid, and Charlotte. And now I kind of want to go back and play some of the other characters because I'm not a big fan of Charlotte. <laughs> oh shit! Charlotte Which just Charlotte. Charlotte's the one that replaces all of her R's with W's. Like even when you start the game, you know, every time you start the game, it has a person who says "Trials of Mana." She goes "Trials of Mana." <laughs> what the fuck? And my girl, my girlfriend hates Charlotte. She's like, "Oh my god, you're playing that game because it's like Trials of Mana." Well, I just picked up my Switch, Xander, to see what if there was missing anything. I did pick up a game called God Wars, which is a real-time strategy game. Yeah. You ever he- heard of it? I've heard of it. I never played it. Yeah, I haven't played it. I just bought it. Um, Octopath, Ease 8, Nino Kuni. Uh, we already talked about those. Tales of Vesperia. Oh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that's that something that I really do like is the fact that game's on the Switch. Because that game, man, like, when that game was on the Wii U, it came out, like, right at the end of the Wii U. And, and we were already talking about the Nintendo NX. And 
I mean, it's funny because I was a big fan of the Wii U, and I know you were too. And mm-hmm. I, I remember telling so many people, dude, you got to get a fucking Wii U. It's a good console. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to get a Wii U. And now they can actually play some of these games that were like, dude, this was fucking awesome on the Wii U. Now they can finally play it on the Switch. And we can listen to them tell us how awesome it is. I'm like, yeah, I told you that like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know someone in particular. I used to do a podcast. I can go the hell that did that. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I got another one. The World Ends with you. Final Remix. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that game. Um, start. Oh, I have Romancing Saga three and two and three. Yeah, those are also on the Switch. I never played Romancing Saga. Could you tell? Could you tell me a little bit about that? Isn't it okay. a uh, strategy game? No, Romancing Saga is. You, did you ever play Saga Frontier on the PS One? No, I didn't. Okay, if anything is a successor to that series, successor to that series, in my humble opinion. Uh huh. It is Octopath Traveler because because Romancing Saga Two in particular was very open world ahead mm-hmm. of its time. Oh wow! So the way it works is in is you you are this emperor and you go to an inn and this minstrel uh, tells the story of your ancestors and you go back in time and you play your ancestors and you keep playing your ancestors through the years. Yeah. And that's kind of how it works, and it's kind of each of your ancestors' stories. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's that one. Romancing Saga 3, um, I haven't played a whole lot of. Uh, another, um, another game uh, that people need to play on the Switch, Cosmic Star Heroine. Oh, yes, I have that too. That is that is such a good game. It's got you know. Here's the thing: a lot of people compare it to Chrono Trigger because mm-hmm. it has that kind of feel to it. To me, though, it feels like a TurboGrafx-16 Sega CD style RPG because yeah. it has those anime cutscenes and even the aspect ratios kind of like squished in, kind of like how the FMV sequences were in those games. The cutscenes. Oh um, yeah. And it, it's really, really good, and it's more of a, a sci-fi kind of feel as opposed to a fantasy RPG. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, and it, so many times it's on sale. Like there are so many times that game's like dirt cheap, like under ten dollars. It's a good game. I have it. Yeah, you got I me, got it. Too. You got me uh, whipping out my Switch now. I want to see because uh, I mean, yeah, I got. Got a lot of JRPGs. I want to check out what I have real quick. Yeah. Because I I've just remember Cosmic Star Hair when I'm like, oh my gosh. Does Pokemon was... Sword count? I think it does. I think yeah, okay. I think Pokemon, like this like the mainstay series, I think it's a better JRPG than people give it credit for. Well, they are. I agree. And I got the you know what? The uh DLC that released, I got that too. Oh yeah. I still I yeah. still need to play Sword and Shield. I had never Never had a chance to play it yet. I know a lot of people kind of wanted to shit on it, but I don't know why. It's not bad. Yeah, it's 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 Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's one of those things. Like I f- I feel like Pokemon. Like I feel like it's one of those things. Like when you actually experience it and you actually understand it, then you're like, okay, I got it now. Mm-hmm. But I think some people are just turned off by like the cutesy animals. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, and, and there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, indie RPGs on the Switch as well. Um, I'm l- looking at oh, Shining my... Resonance. Yeah, Shining Resonance was a lot of fun. I have that one. Um, the Collection of Mana. Yep. Uh, this one game right here, Bond of the Skies. I did a review of that. Um, I would recommend that for folks that are wanting an old-school JRPG game because that's what it feels like. It feels very, very old-school. It's a lot of fun. It's got dragons and shit. <laughs> it's Kemco, huh? It's one yeah. of those weird cam- those Kemco games, those company that bust out like JRPGs every month. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely got that mobile kind of feel to it, but um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Oh, so are those games actually bad, the Kemco games? It's hard to say. Like, I've been super skeptical of them. I mean, I haven't played that many of them. 
Uh, I think this is the only one I've played, to be honest. So I can't really. I'm not a connoisseur <laughs> of sorts, but I, I've had. I've I've heard a lot of them had a lot of gotcha mechanics like that. It, they're mobile games, and even when you're playing it on the Switch, you can tell it's a it's a mobile game. But I I mean I really mm. enjoyed it. Well, that makes sense. So I mean I, I believe it's a it's a dirt cheap game too. I don't think it's that expensive. The title. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I've... Fuck, I have a ton of them, but I think I've been through all of them. The Final Fantasies, we don't, you know... We yeah. did whole episodes on 9 and 8 last year and 7, so we don't need to go into those. Well, we kind of did on 7, huh? Yeah. Now, also another game that I really enjoyed, um, and it kind of had that Persona kind of feel to it, was the uh, Kaluga Effect Overdose. Oh, I've been wanting to play that. Is that good? Yeah, it's it's good. I uh, I did a review of it a couple years ago on the Switch, and um, it, it has that kind of persona, kind of like, oh, I'm in high school sort of thing. It's fun. Is the story pretty good? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty okay. good. I'll have to play that one. That's a good one. I'll put that on my wish list. Indeed, indeed. Now, uh, before before we you know close the show. I want to what ask, about Okami? Would that count? Uh, or is Okami more like Zelda? Uh, yeah, that's more of an action game, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, you know, I have action. it, and I never played it. What? Yeah. Yeah, you got to play it. it. It is very Zelda-like. Um, I love the art style so much. Um, I still have Okami on uh, the PS2. I never got the HD versions. And I believe, yeah, I, I had Okami on the Wii, actually, as well. Mm. Wasn't there an Okami on DS or something? Uh, yeah, the sequel, Okami Den. Yeah. Which I had that, but I never had, I never did play it. It was one of those games that someone sent me, and I never had a chance to play it. And I don't have it anymore, so I might just download it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that worked. Okami Den, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was like a, it was like a sequel. It was like a couple. I think it was like a couple thousand years or whatever after the first Okami, you're playing as like you're playing as the puppy version it's interesting yeah. like I can't talk about it too much because I haven't played it but it looked cool and DS yeah. has a lot of great JRPGs there are a lot of great RPGs uh, there's a lot of western ones Saturday Morning RPG is an Americanized one that I've praised for years and years as you know yeah, that was a, and that's a, that's a game that you can get get dirt cheap on the Switch now, and it's good. Uh, it is. It's a lot of fun. Um, here's what I want to ask you though: um, Are there any JRPGs coming out in the future on the Switch that you're planning on getting? You know, to be honest, I don't really know what's coming out on the Switch at this point in time, other than that Mario Paper Mario game. Yeah, I was going to mention that, and also uh, Bravery Default. Yeah, Bravery, Bra- yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that game. How yep. I like Bravery Default games. I honestly thought Octopath Traveler was going to be a Bravery Default game at first. You know, it has that, that same style. That company has proven themselves. They really have. Yeah. Indeed, they, indeed. I, you know, I'm kind of wanting to play Octopath, but I'm kind of. But see, I'm playing fucking Yakuza Zero. I'm 67 hours and I'm on chapter <laughs> seven, Xander. I'm barely oh. on chapter. I'm on chapter seven, and I'm 67 hours in Yakuza Zero. Is that bad? No, that's a good thing. That that means you're enjoying the game because I'm telling you, like I I want to go back and revisit that game because that's to me that is my favorite Yakuza game in the series is Zero. I- you know what? I, I'm 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 real. The story's really good. Everything about it. I really like real estate, but I'm really into the the club that I have already almost beaten the cabaret club thing. Oh yeah, the cabaret club. It, you know what's funny is I wasn't looking forward to the cabaret club or the real estate. I was like, oh, these sounds like freaking side quests. I'm just gonna be like, okay, kind of like how I felt about Blitzball and Final Fantasy Ten, where I would just do enough that it would stop pestering me about it and just yeah. go on with my life but i found myself so addicted to the cabaret club and real estate mode oh my gosh yeah they're both really good they're good stuff 
and the story the story gets gets really really emotional like it's it, it's crazy i mean you've played other yakuza games so you know about you know majima and, and kiru but you're going to see a whole new layer of those characters in zero and it's, yeah. it's it's really interesting to see majima before majima <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of them so vulnerable. You, even Kiryu, like, he's, like, fucking... Even in the other games, he's kind of, like, this imposing figure. But in this one, everyone kind of treats him like dirt. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Yakuza 0, I feel like, had, like, some of the best side quests. had some of the best, um, like, play styles. I really love the story. And, you know, I love the fact that it is a prequel to the whole series, and it's my favorite. So when people are like, hey, I want to get into Yakuza, what's the first one I should play? I'm like, Zero. You should play yep. Zero. Just jump you on know that. what? You know what? I'm so happy that I was able to buy all of their games on the PS4. Yes. Yeah, I have, I have my them stimulus. all. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I used to have Fist of the North Star, but I had to sell it, but I rebought it. I actually think Fist of the North Star gets too uh, gets unfairly shitted on yeah i mean you know the the driving parts are a little wonky but i think it's unfairly shitted on because it what's it's not meant to be yakuza that's what people forget it's yeah. just the north star it's a whole different beast yeah you know, I, think, just, I think even when I was reviewing it, I think that was some of my problems because I was like, this is by the Yakuza team, and it takes, you know, it takes a while for Fist North Star to uh, really open up. Yeah. It takes a couple of chapters. I think, like, by chapter four or five, that's when you div- you see, like, the night part of the city, and that's when things really start opening up and it starts feeling more like a Yakuza game. But it's great. It's so good. And the I'm la- a big fan and I'm a big fan of that manga. Yeah, and the last battle, oh my god. That last boss fight was a bitch. Well, remember, I w- I got downloadable content stuff for free, remember? Yeah, cuz that is one good thing about all these games. Like if you play Yakuza games and you keep those save files on your console, you get a lot of nice little prizes too. It's almost like RGG Studios gives you like congratulations for supporting them. Yeah, which they're I think is cool. awesome. They're, they're real cool about it. And they give you good stuff. What about Judgment? Oh, dude, Judgment was really good. Okay, I have. I bought that one too. Like I said, I bought all their games. So yeah, Judgment. Judgment was really fun. It was a breath of fresh air because. Um, one of the things I liked about it is it had that, that Yakuza kind of feel to it, uh, spirit-wise, but it was a totally different game. Um, mm. It's it's a lot more of a noir kind of... And, and some of the noir stuff gets kind of tiresome. Uh, some of the you know finding clues and stuff like that. I mean, one of the things I really didn't like about the game itself was when I had to follow people. I didn't like that mode. Uh, but everything else was really, really, really good. I love the story, the boss battle, the boss battle, the judgment is my by far my favorite boss battle in that whole studio's history. It's oh, the boss shit. battle for judgment. That is a really good fight. I I can't wait to play that one, but I don't want to burn myself out because these games are hefty as fuck. Yeah, and you so will probably bur- move on to something else. Yeah, and you will burn yourself out in RGG games because they are so similar, but yet so different. But they're similar enough that you can get some fatigue, I believe. And I think that's some of the people's problems with RGG games. So I feel like it's so awesome, and we have so many of them out now that people get kind of they're like, okay, I'm going to play this one. I'm going to play this one. I I couldn't imagine playing Yakuza Zero through Six right now. I couldn't imagine doing that. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I. But you know what they need to freshen it up a little bit. What's that? They're they're under the game that they, that everyone has forgotten they made. Binary domain. Oh, I thought you were about to talk about Yakuza Seven being a JRPG. Oh yeah, well you know, yeah, that is a JRPG. But oh, but straight you know, up, yeah. But everyone forgot about Binary Domain. Yeah, that was a really good game on the 360. Uh, yeah, I had it on PS3, and you know what? It's it's a departure. Yeah, 
Well, it I came mean, out. It came out around that time that a JRPG or not JRPG, but you know, Japanese companies were kind of having that inspiration from Western studios. It was a very weird time. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They did a good job on it, and that I remember Binary Domain having a good fucking story too. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that was that's like their forgotten game, you know. Yeah, and I, I did like the fact that they did play some of the music in Fist of North Star when you're in the car. Oh, that's right, huh? Yeah, it would play binary domain music and music from Monkey Ball. Which I thought oh, was really and, cool. yeah, that's right, in Fist of North Star. I forgot all about that. I thought that was really I, cool. I wanted to get, you are shock! Yeah. <laughs> but I can't find it. I think it's only in the Japanese version, probably due to licensing or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to the Yakuza Seven. Uh, some people are kind of like upset that it, they went in a different direction. That it's not like a brawler; it's it's a straight up JRPG, like turn based combat. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, some of the battles, like because Majima does make an appearance in the game. Uh, that's all I want to say. There are some other characters to make appearances, but. Majima has a special move. He's like, he's a summon. You can summon Majima uh-huh. in Yakuza 7. And it's like, he's on top of a building and he's laughing and he's got his baseball bat and he like runs down the building vertically and like does a special move. I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome. You can summon a giant lobster to help you with this fight. It's like, oh, dude, shit. It, it takes all the crazy antics of the Yakuza series and throws in Dragon Quest. That's the best way to describe it because they said that was one of the biggest inspirations of uh, the new playstyle of Yakuza 7 was the old Dragon Quest games. question is, is when we are getting it. When are we getting it? I think we're going to get it this summer, to be honest. Uh, I could see it coming out July, August. Hopefully, fingers crossed. That's a day one for me. Oh, me too. Yeah, because I have that. I have every fucking game in the series. <laughs> Same. Same. I, I I'm looking at my my collection right now. I got all the all the Yakuza games. Thankfully to the uh, the HD remaster collection. I mean, I have three three and four on the PS3, but now I have three, four, and five on the PS4. Aren't we gonna do a whole show on this shit? <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Yes. So just to let you know, but that's not our next show though. Yeah, our next show, we're actually, uh, and I think this is a good like little stopping spot to kind of let our listeners know what we're getting into next, is um, a movie that I haven't seen yet, and I, I mentioned it to Anthony that we should do an episode on it because I hadn't seen this movie, and they're making another cut of it, and that is uh, Justice League. Yeah. I have never seen Justice League. Um, I did, sadly. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I know Anthony doesn't like this movie. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I have never seen it, but they're releasing the Zack Snyder cut, which uh, there's already a teaser out that shows Dark Side. It's supposed to be a totally different movie, and it's supposed to be a miniseries from what I'm understanding. But we'll talk all about that next week. Indeed, indeed. And if you guys enjoyed our uh, show, be sure to not only check us out on uh, YouTube. If you're listening to us on uh, my YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash Scullion, But also check us out on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Uh, just about any sort of your favorite podcast listener of choice. We're on there. And if we're not, let me know on Twitter. And that's Twitter at XS Gaming Podcast. Let me know. Be like, hey, hey, I like to listen to my I like to listen to my podcast on this catcher. Can you put it on there and we'll do so? And be sure to rate us as well. Give us a review. It helps uh, the show grow. It helps more folks find our show. And uh, we enjoy all the support. Yep, you guys rock and this show is fun to do. Like we I mean, fuck, we went on the tangent about Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, indeed. And as always, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll be blasting off to the next episode.